0: Good evening. Welcome to Tuesday Evening Chapel. I was told that today is the first day of spring. Yep. Doesn't it feel like it? Colorado spring, I guess. We're privileged to have uh, Reverend Robin Rogers with us tonight. She's a pastor from Loveland, is that correct? Uh, Hope Springs Community Church. Could you please welcome her? Thank you, Reverend Rogers. She's been in meetings all day, and she agreed to bring the word tonight. Stand with me as we uh, begin tonight with um, our theme for the semester, trimester. Say it with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and He will make your path straight. Amen. Isaiah tells us a little bit about our Lord. He says in Isaiah, that he will be called the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and he is a holy God. Let us worship.
1: Amen, thank you for letting me worship with you. uh, It's a great change from meetings and sitting all day. just worshiping and coming before God. And it's good to be in Colorado Springs, even on the first day of spring. So, that you never know what it's gonna look like, do you? Oh, we just don't know. When I re- receive the call and ask to come um, do a devotion for you, one of the things that is a reminder to me and to uh, pastors, many of you here in the track of becoming a pastor, when they say do a devotion, it means be short, don't talk a long time. So I'll do the best I can this morning and, or this evening. And I wonder if uh, you have ever lived in the land of again. You know, the things that happen again and again and again and again. I'm in good company tonight, aren't I? I hear it. I didn't hear the amens, but I heard the again and again and the agains. Sometimes we just live there and we don't, mean to, but we just do, and sometimes your children do the same thing. You tell them, don't do that again, and they, I promise I'll never do it again. Before they get out of the room, they've done it again. I wonder if God looks at us like that sometimes, have you done it again? And so tonight I hope that as we look at the Scripture that um, you'll be encouraged that you're not the only one that lives in the land of again and God's people lived in the land of again, and we'll look at Scripture here in Judges um, chapter 6. I'm going to read a few verses to you and kind of put it in in a context. I'm I'm taking some liberty tonight on how the Scripture kind of hits us home where we live and people we minister to, and probably in our own homes. So let me read to you, starting with verse 1, and it starts with Again, tells you about God's children again. Again, the Israelites did evil in the, land, in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years He gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because of the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts and caves and strongholds. And whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the other Eastern peoples invaded the country. And they camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock in their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count the men and their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. And let's just stop there for just a moment. I wonder if in the land of again for the Israelites they recognized why they were there. Sometimes in our own lives, we recognize why we're there again. Maybe it's not because of sin or anything. It's just those decisions that we make in our lives that again and again put us where we are. And sometimes in the life of ministry, you notice the lives of people that we kind of get in a routine, and again and again we end up in a place that maybe we don't really want to be. And so the first thing we notice is, again, they are there. Again, it says that the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and and again, they they messed up. And again, we mess up sometimes in our lives as well. But as we look on in the Scripture, it says it gives us the picture that the Israelites were living under oppression, and they were living in fear, and and they hid in the clefts of the rocks, and they hid in the caves, and, and they hid in the strongholds, and it just doesn't give us the real great picture that Israelites, God's people, are strong and mighty people at this moment in time, does it? No. And the thing about this moment in time, that they could look out from their caves and the strongholds, and they knew who their enemy was. But many times in our own lives and in the lives of those that we minister to, that we surround our lives around, we don't see a physical enemy. That enemy is something that 's unseen that that 's a battle that we 're not sure what, the, what they 're waging the battle in and, and what it looks like, but many times we and sometimes the people that we live with are surrounded in fear and oppression. Sometimes it even happens in in situations where we 're doing exactly what we think we 're supposed to do wouldn 't it be great if if something happened in our lives and we became Christians and we could put this banner on and nothing could touch us? We became like bubble people. And, and it would just, it would protect us from, from all of the things that are going on. It would protect us from oppression. It would protect us from those who come against us. It would protect us from the evil one who would like to trip us up. But we know in this scripture that God's people were living under oppression, and they were living in fear, and yet they were God's chosen. It's not really the picture that we paint to those who don't know Christ, that don't know what God's people are really all about. The next thing we notice in the Scripture here is the people must have been um, just absolutely destitute. It says, whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites and the Malachites and other Eastern peoples invaded their country, and it says that they ruined their crops and, and all of their animals, and, and they were living in ruin, and, and the crops were to be their livelihood and their food and everything, and it, it kind of represents, well, it may represent what has happened in your community. It happened in northern Colorado in Larimer County and Weld County. The year of 2010 and 2011 and even part of 2012 has, um, well, it just hasn't been a real financial success for a lot of people. A lot of people in our area were living in the same thing. They were living in fear because they were destitute and they had no money and they had no food. Many of them had lost their livelihoods and it was the recession that hit our area. And we could drive through most of our subdivisions and there were was rarely a subdivision that many houses on the streets weren't, weren't up for sale because of foreclosure. You would see foreclosure signs and, and notices taped on doors and, and kind of represented what God's people were going through. And yet we tell them what your theme is. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and it's going to be okay. And that they come to us and they say, but I have no food, and I have no place to live, and I, I don't have any of these things, and I don't know what to do next. And we say, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and He will get you through it. If I can share the story of, of a uh, story of a family that we have had the privilege of loving on and and trying to help through a journey at Hope Springs, we uh, every year do a back to school carnival and and give school supplies away to hundreds and hundreds of children every year. And and a couple years ago, we decided to do a, a clothing drive as well. And a single mom came through with two cute little girls and, and um, just kind of connected with some of the other young families in our church. And she began connecting with them and, and then learned about this, this God and how she could trust him with her life. And in the process, her very best friend, her mom, um, whose cancer had been in remission, the cancer was alive and well again. And within that first year, her mom died, her best friend in the world, and she had been living with her mom. And because there was no health insurance, the family had decided to do a reverse mortgage so that they could pay for the health and the, to take care of her mom, the medical bills. And so when mom died, there went the house. And, my friends, it's hard to tell that single mom who on this Friday, her and her two little girls will be homeless, because the bank is taking her home. And she's lost her very best friend and her mom. And in a year we have said, but trust in the Lord. It's okay. And I bet you know people like that as well. That things have happened in their life, and, and we just keep saying, just keep trusting, keep trusting. We know that He'll come through. And we look in the Scripture, and it it says here, as we move on, it says, um, it was impossible to count the men and their camels, and they invaded the land to to ravage it, and I think that the people were overwhelmed. Now, I'm assuming that you're all students here, and a student never becomes overwhelmed, do you, at any point in the studies or, or anything? Yeah, that's what I thought. You can relate to the people. You can relate to the Scripture, because. We all become overwhelmed, and we have a tendency of backing up and hiding into our closet. Maybe we don't even want to come where people know you because they will see that you're overwhelmed, and we say, trust in the Lord. It's going to be okay. And God's people were overwhelmed, and in the process of our lives, whatever it is, when Satan comes against us, he likes to trick us into into thinking that it's impossible to do battle. That the stakes are too high, maybe the bills are too many, the food is too little, our time is not enough, and everything becomes overwhelming. And we can't go on. We're just overwhelmed with life. Well, it sounds like this is a pretty discouraging message, doesn't it, in the land of again? But as we look at the Scripture, I find hope, and I find hope for my own life, and I hope that you find encouragement and hope for your life today and for the, the lives of those that you're going to come in contact with, because God is there, and we can trust in Him with all our heart, and He will direct our paths. And it says in the Scripture here, Midian so impoverished the Israelites, the light went off. The bells started ringing. They finally got it. They figured it out again. It says the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. Man, why don't we just start there? It's a process, but we sometimes forget that very basic step. And the scripture says, when the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet. Now, those that we come in contact with, and maybe even the Israelites, you know, if, if we're meeting with them and, and they're saying, but God, I need you to send food for my table, or I need you to send gas for my car, or I need you to send money for the bills, or I need you to send time so I can get my homework done and my studies and, and spend time with my family. God, I need those things sent to me. And so we begin praying that way. But you know what God sent to his people because he loved them and he wanted them to remember something, and he wants all of us to remember this tonight as well. He sent them a prophet. He didn't send them money for the bills. He didn't send them a new place to live, but he sent them a prophet. And the prophet said this, this is what the Lord God of Israel says, I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, I snatched you, I snatched you from the power of Egypt and from the hand of your oppressors. I drove them from before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you did not listen to me. But when the prophet came, I think the prophet came and gave them the answer, and he gives us the answer for those moments when we're living in fear and oppression, and when we're living in the moments where where we're just destitute, we don't have enough money to get through the month, or there's somehow they put too many days on the calendar, and they didn't put enough money in the days on the calendar, or when we're overwhelmed with life. But he sent the prophet to tell us, I am the Lord your God. You can trust me. I brought you out of slavery. Where did he take you out of? Every one of us in this room, have, we have a story. We have a story to tell of where God brought us from. And he brought them out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And this part I love more than anything. He says, I snatched you from the power of what was it? What was it in your life? I snatched you, and your name is there, and he snatched you from the power of whatever was consuming you, whatever was causing you to be a slave to anything other than God. He brought you out of that, and he wants us to remember to give Him glory, to remember that we can trust Him, that we can trust Him with our tomorrow and the next day and the next day when we don't know what it's going to be like and when we're living in the land of again, that we can trust Him because He brought us out. He brought us out of slavery. Some He brought us out of addictions. Some He snatched us out of pride. Some, he snatched out of incredible lives of sin. And for some, some of us who were raised in the church, he snatched us out of complacency. He reminded us, and he reminds you today that he brought you out, and you can trust in him with all your heart. And in the days to come, if you happen to live in the land of again, again, he is there for you. And he may not send you a house, he may not send you money, but he will send you the word and he will remind you what he brought you from. Would you stand with me and let's close this evening in prayer. Father, we just come to you tonight, and I am pretty sure every one of us in this room have lived in the land of again, and some of us are there today, and we may be there tomorrow and the next day, but God, when it seems like the world is too overwhelming and we don't have the time or the resources or anything else that we need, and we are living in fear or oppression of an enemy that we do not see. Remind us, God, that we can trust in you because you brought us out of slavery and you set us free and you set us in a new path that we can walk with you and we can be free from everything that used to hold on to us and drag us down. And so for your people here tonight, God, if there are those who maybe have been doubting and wondering what tomorrow holds or what the purpose of their life is, I pray tonight that your spirit would encourage them and that they would be reminded where you brought them from, where they are today, and you can remind them, God, that you and you alone know where you're taking them tomorrow, but we can trust in tomorrow because we trust in you. We pray these in your precious Son's name because it is the name above all names. It is the sweetest name we will ever hear. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Amen, thank you.